Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where you will find real, authentic messages, testimonies, and conversations that I hope really helps you along your journey through faith. So if you're taking your time out today to listen to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, and I hope it truly inspires you. God bless. Say, trick or treat. Say, smell my feet. You guys never heard of that? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. That's it. That's all it is. The leaders are laughing. That's all it is. All right, so how many of you go trick or treating on Halloween? My kids do too. I'm not judging you. I'm just generally curious how many go trick or treating. And then, I, and then I go in there. And so actually we did something different because I don't trust a lot of the times the houses that we go to, not because I don't trust them. It's just I'm an overprotective parent. So we usually go to like businesses now and stuff is what we do and it's a lot better. So anyways, I'm going to tell you guys, yeah, businesses will hand out candy on trick or treat. So go to like a mall, they load up. I don't have to go outside, even though I love being outside. But if it's cold, I don't. Anyways, so here's something interesting that I found out about Halloween. What would you guys say are the two main colors of Halloween? Somebody said red, no. Orange, black. Who said black, Gio? Orange and black. So orange signals the harvest of autumn, which is kind of obvious, which is why you're going to see orange everywhere on Halloween, you know, because it's in the fall. But black is another color you're going to often see, which is a symbol of darkness, and it's an, basically a darkness and acts as a reminder that Halloween was once a festival that was marked boundaries between life and death. Here's another thing that's interesting. It was Irish immigrants who brought Halloween to the United States. Did you guys know that? Irish immigrants who brought Halloween. According to the History Channel, the name Jack-O-Lantern is rooted, or how do you say it? Rooted. Rooted. You Utahns. Rooted. It was rooted in an Irish folktale about a man who was named Stingy Jack. Do you guys know that? Here's the other kicker. He's Stingy Jack who fooled the devil and was in turn forced to walk the earth with only burning coal and a hollowed up turnip to light his way. Because did you actually know they used to carve turnips instead of pumpkins? Like that's what they used to do. Halloween, they, for the, how they would celebrate is they would carve turnips instead of pumpkins, which I think would be a lot harder to carve, but I guess it is what it is. But Jack, that is where he ended up getting his name because then he'd carry a light in it, which is where he got his name, Jack O'Lantern. Why do I tell you that? No reason, I just told you that. But it's a silly folklore that I don't believe in because, you know, um, a lot of that stuff is made up. Sometimes there's a little bit of truth to it, like he was probably a crazy dude walking around, I don't know. But a lot of times they call it folklore for a reason. Now say trick. Or treat. Like we talked about last week, and I'll continue to tell about through the series, is during Halloween especially, there is a lot of bad things in this season that go on. There's a lot of very bad things in our world, and we don't even realize it. Say realize. realize. Now say deceitful. deceitful. Why don't we realize it? Because the enemy, the devil, is very deceitful. He's very deceitful. The enemy is going to disguise himself to try to get at you. For example, you might be on social media and he's gonna say, hey, ty- type this mean comment. They don't know you. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not gonna reflect at you. Nobody's gonna know it's you. Or hey, go, hey, go speak behind uh, Kyle's back. 
So it makes you look a lot better. You know, you deserve what they have. So go speak behind their back. Make them look bad. I know I made it up. But a lot of times, the enemy is going to tell you these things because he's going to try and trick you. He's going to trick you into thinking that something, that something is good that is not of God. So he's going to trick you to think that these things are okay when really they're not. We need to be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Yeah. Now say Peter. So Peter, so who would I say? If you have your phone, you have your Bible. All right, so open to 1 Peter 5.8. And Peter is actually giving some advice to those in the churches. And this is what he says. And a lot of you have probably heard this. 5.8 says that stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Who has heard that verse before? And if you don't raise your hand, it's okay. The enemy is looking to devour you. So stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He says it right here. The enemy wants you to fail. The enemy is trying to make you trip up. The enemy is trying to make you do these deceitful things. If it is not of the Bible, you should not be partaking in it. You've heard me say that before, have you not? If it is not of Scripture, if it's not against God, or if it's not in God's will, you should not be partaking in it. And I know you guys, I'm not trying to be like, you got to be perfect. It's easy to fall into gossip. It's easy to fall into negativity or whatever you're, you're, you, know, you struggle with. Like, I'm not asking you to be perfect. God doesn't even ask you to be perfect. But there's a difference between sinning and knowingly sinning, if that makes sense. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is exactly what the enemy, meaning the devil, wants. He wants you to be destroyed. He wants you to put down others. He wants you to make certain people in your quote-unquote friend group. I do that because sometimes people talk against their friends in their own friend group. And I'm going to highly advise against that. And he's going to trick you into thinking that's okay. The one thing that really irks me as a pastor, and I should just say as a Christian in general, is I hate it. I hate it when I hear preachers or other Christians distort the word of God. When I say distort the word of God, they're going to take context, completely flip it, or they're going to say, if somebody asks you a simple truth, if like, okay, if I say, hey, Colin, do you think lying's a sin? What a pastor or a Christian should say is, yeah, in the Bible, it says this, lying is a sin. But then you get a lot of people who will dance around it because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And they're like, yeah, but if you use kind of these words, if you do this, I don't think I... No. The answer is no. Lying is not okay. It is a sin. And that's something I got to work on because I get worked up because I'm just like, you're not giving the straight answer. Shut up. <laughs> it's just like, sometimes I get angry. But when you change the word of God to fit your need, you're tricking people. You're tricking people. The, the Bible's pretty black and white. I don't mean because it's on black text and white pages. But it, no, but I mean, it's pretty black and white. It's pretty simple. It, let me phrase that. It's not simple in a lot of areas that you study because some stuff is confusing. Let me phrase that. But what it tells you of how to live your life, if you truly study the Bible, it gives you the straight facts. Now, everybody say Corinthians. Say 2 Corinthians. We're going to go chapter 4, verse 2. This is where we're going to hang out for the rest of the night. So if you have your phones or your Bibles or whatever, go to 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 2. It says that we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. 
We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. We should always tell the truth for how it is. Would you guys, who, who near thinks there's occasions where lying is okay? You're like, good answer, people. If the Bible says we shouldn't lie, we shouldn't be lying. No, I'm not talking, like there's, there, no, I'm not getting into that because that's a different rabbit hole. We shouldn't lie. This is where the devil's going to try to devour you. I've done this before where I just don't want to go to school. And I tell my parents, I'm just like, man, I, like I'm burnt out. I'm like, I don't want to go to school. I just don't feel like getting up in the morning. And so I'll tell my parents a little white lie. And I'll just be like, you know, I'm not feeling that great. So then I sit in bed. And then I'll just be like, you know, I, I don't think I should go to school today because, you know, mom and dad, I'm not feeling that well. I'm lying. I just don't want to go. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could word it this way. I'm not saying this is a way to get around it. But what I'm trying to tell you is instead of lying to your parents, you could maybe say to your parents, hey, I'm just, I'm struggling right now. I don't want to get up. I'm having a hard time in school. Do you care if I take a day at home? I think you'd be surprised. But if they say no, you're playing me, you got to suck it up, buttercup, and you're going to school. You are going to school. But sometimes we look at lies like that. Those are simple lies that lead into bigger lies. Because here's the thing. You lie, you tell your parents you don't feel well, but now you got to cover up that lie with another lie. Oh, and then you just lied again, so now you got to cover up that lie with another lie. Oh, and now you got three lies building up, and now you got to remember what the first lie is, and then you're going to lie about this, and then you just caught yourself in a trap. Let me tell you an instance that I caught myself in a trap. There was a time back home, I really didn't want to hang out with this guy. And I was just like, he's like, hey, Tate, you want to, you know, I think he said like a coffee shop. I don't exactly remember. No, it was a VR gaming thing. He's like, hey, you want to go play VR? I was like, you know what, dude, I'm not really feeling well. I think I'm just going to go home. Like my stomach's a little off. And really I had a headache, but it wasn't like a bad one. Like I could have sucked it up. And I was like, no, I'm good. And then as soon as I get home, I got a friend that calls me. He's like, hey, bro, you want to go to the gym? I was like, yeah, you want to hit chest today? And he's like, all right, let's go. So I walk into the gym and we start working out chest. And guess who else he invited? my friend that I lied to. Talk about the most awkward. He's like, oh, I thought you didn't feel well. And then I was like, well, I mean, and then I just stopped. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. I, I just, I didn't want to hang out. And I was just blatantly honest. I was just blatantly honest. And I apologized to him. I mean, he doesn't talk to me anymore, but like, I get it. I know, seriously, I get it. Like, I blatantly lied to his face. What I'm telling you is this wasn't like yesterday. This was like, you know, two days ago. No, I'm just kidding. It was like, this was like 10 years ago. But I remember how awful I felt. I truly still felt awful about that to where years later, I'm apologizing to him. And we're cordial. We're good. We talk. We, you know, we, uh, we text each other. We just don't hang out. I mean, we don't. But I was embarrassed. But I learned my lesson from that. Because you see, the devil tries to blind you. For me, I thought it was okay to say that to him because I was like, oh, I'm not hurting his feelings. I'm not hurting his feelings by saying I don't, I, 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 I don't feel well. When in reality, I should have told him the truth. I don't want to hang out with you. No, I should have probably said it like, hey, dude, like, I'm just like, this connection's not really good. You know, it's like, I, you know, I'm not really like digging, hanging out or anything like that. And sometimes it's going to hurt the truth a little bit. Like, I get it. But the devil is going to try to blind you. And he bl blinded me in that moment. And it says in the gospel that he blinds the minds of those who do not believe. Say belief. I have several conversations with people where in my mind, it's a battle 
Because I don't understand how they can't realize the love of God. Or they can't realize that there has to be a, a, a creator. That nothing happens by chance. I think when you think of something like the Big Bang Theory, when they're like, oh yeah, we just, bam, it just happened. So everybody's fingers and toes happen to grow in the same area. Like you think that's more believable than a creator? Somebody who, get, anyways, I'm going way off. And I think like, how do you not understand the love of Jesus? That's what I battle with in my mind. And then I got to remember like, oh, because they don't know Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. You could say that the devil is blinding them. Some, but not all. Or they're just choosing not to believe. But sometimes we have to understand that and we have to show compassion for that. So instead of me getting angry and blowing up on them, I'm just going to show them love. I'm going to show them what it means to be, hey, I'm not this weirdo Christian. I mean, I'm, some of you might think I'm weird. But I might not be this weirdo Christian. Thanks, Nick. That's like, no, we, like, we're also normal people. And showing them through the actions just like Jesus did. But I want you to challenge you guys on that is to pray for those people instead. And I said those people. Because God's love will shine through at some moment. 2 Corinthians 4.6. It says that, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. All right. I'm going to show you guys something. We lost power. No, keep them off. Keep them off. Keep them off. Thank you. We're going to talk like this the rest of the time. So if somebody, somebody farts, you can't see who did it. Okay. Okay. So you see this light. Do you see how my shadow shows up? You see my shadow? Would you say I'm a sinful person? You get, yeah, thank you. That was, that was, no, that was truth. Okay. So you see like the shadow. Hey, but you want to come up here if you don't mind, Kat? Thank you. Okay. You want to hold this too? Just don't blind me. Okay. So you see like, you see the shadow, right? You guys quiet over to in this section. I can't see you, but please be quiet. I'm assuming it's, uh, never mind. Okay, so you see this, right? You see the lighter? Some of you might have seen this. Some of you like, Pastor Tate, this is old. I've seen it. I don't care. Don't ruin it for those who haven't. Okay, so you see, you see the lighter, right? And that there's a flame lit? Do you see there's a flame? But do you see in the shadow there's no flame? I mean, you can see the stream, but you see that there's no flame. And I think that's cool is because it's like, you see this is light, right? This is light when you see it on my hand. And it should technically cast a shadow, but it doesn't cast a shadow anywhere. Even against my pale hand, it doesn't cast anything. It doesn't, it doesn't cast anything. And there's a point of why I'm telling you that. You can turn the lights back on. Thank you. And that's on my phone. That's Ashton's, actually. There's a reason why I'm telling you that is because where the light shines, darkness never overcomes. Where Jesus is, he will never be defeated. Think about this last week of what we were talking about. The naked demon-possessed dude that came up and didn't know how to wear clothes comes up to Jesus and is basically like, don't torment me. He knew he was powerless against Jesus. He was powerless against the light. And that's the one point I'm going to give you guys today is where the light shines, darkness will never overcome. It never will. It never will. If you guys read the Bible, you'll find out that the devil's already lost. Everybody say he lost. He lost. We don't need to wonder like, hmm, what's going to happen? This amazing book right here is going to tell you that the devil's already lost. We already know. Yeah, but bye, 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 Felicia. In those times of trickery, 
in those times where the enemy is trying to get a hold of you, just cry out to God. Read the word. Focus and soak in the word of God. In those moments that you're wanting to fall into that temptation, pull your Bible out. Some of you might be like, well, the Bible's, that's lazy. Pull your Bible out. I'm calling you lazy if you're saying, my Bible's over there, I don't want to read it. Go pick it up. I did that the other day too, so I pulled it up on my phone, but it's okay. It's still the word of God. Speak the word of God out loud because the enemy flees when you speak the word of God out loud. I keep spitting, I'm sorry. Speak the word of God out loud. That's why you got to memorize scripture. That's why scripture should be inscribed onto your heart. Not literally, but it should be on your heart. Where the light shines, darkness will never overcome. We have this light in our hearts, as scripture says, but we are like fragile jars. We are like fragile jars containing this great treasure. If you guys want to hand out those rocks. The power we have inside of us is not from ourselves. It is from God. There's something I'm going to do. The rock, yeah, if the rock was here, I'd be like, bro, teach me your lifting techniques. You're getting me off track. Don't call me. Um, but we're going to be handing out these rocks to you. And there's something that I want you to write on it. Some of you might be like, it's cheesy. I don't care. Just do it. So for example, what I wrote on my rock is I want you to think of something that you think God finds the value and treasure in you. Obviously, he created you, so he finds a lot of treasure within you. So what I wrote is simple, if I can hold it. It says, heart for youth. I feel like God has laid it on my heart to be with the youth ministry, to be able to teach you guys the Bible, to be able to goof with you guys, to be able to take the bald jokes, all of that stuff. But I want you to write something, whether a phrase, a sentence, you'll have to pass some markers because we don't have a lot. But I want you guys to keep this. Put it on your nightstand, put it in your car. Uh, don't throw it at anybody. We're not going to rehearse David and Goliath, nothing like that. If you guys know the story. But anyways, write something on there that you, find, that you think God finds value in you. Like what he created you for. Let's do this while we're being quiet. Okay, guys? We're almost done, I promise. Shh, <laughs> 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 8 through 10, it says this. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to, everybody say despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in, everybody say bodies, in our bodies. And I think this is so good. Many people think that just because we are Christian, we don't have troubles in the world anymore. They're like, oh, you're Christian. You, they, they, have you ever heard the term like little Miss Perfect, they say to you? Like, oh, somebody said that to me and they called me Miss Perfect. I was like, hey, it's not proper. I, never mind, I'm not going to go there. But anyways, here's the thing is people think that just because you're Christian, just because you give your life to Christ, that you have no more struggles. That is false. That is not true. We serve Jesus, and Jesus should be evident in our dying bodies. Because how many of you know that after this life, you know, this is like, I think of it like renting a U-Haul, or just like renting a little space. This is like your little apartment, and then you get, you get the kingdom of God after this. So when you leave here, we have eternal life, something far greater than what we have today. Trick or treat? That wasn't a question, it was rhetorical. The devil will disguise your sin to look good so that you think it's okay. 
So that when you think, oh, like, if I just do this once, God will forgive me tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I just had a friend pass away last week from cancer. You never know. They got diagnosed, passed away in a week. You are never, don't, th- don't live life being like, you know what? I'll just do this tomorrow. There's another guy that I was trying to minister to. I was just like, I was like, when are you? I just thought I'll ask him, like, when are you going to open up your eyes? He was like, yeah, he did that. He's like, they're open. I was like, shut up. And his name was Seth. I was like, bro, your name's biblical. But no, I was really, I was like, when are you going to open your eyes? He goes, oh, probably on my deathbed. I was like, but how do you know you're going to get that chance? And then he kind of sat there and goes, I never thought of it in that way. Is he serving God? I hope so. I have no idea. So don't let the enemy have you believe that the sin you're partaking in is okay. Check out this last part in Corinthians. Uh, for, oh, I tried scrolling my Bible. Uh, 16 through 18. It says that that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I love this. The things we cannot see will last forever. This is the argument I hear all the time. Well, if Jesus is real, why doesn't he just come down and show himself? (laughs) Newsflash, he did that 2,000 years ago. He already did it. He already came down. God already came down and showed himself. And he showed himself by having relationship with people and dying on the cross. So he's already did that. Did that. Because I think it's funny to me that people put conditions on God. Do you guys do that to your friends? Hey, Keone, I'll, like, I'll hang out with you if you do this, bro. No, you don't do that to your friends. I didn't say that to Kristen. I'll marry you if you do this. Absolutely not. She would have killed me. Why do we feel we have to put conditions on God when we don't do it to anybody else? We have to be careful to not be tricked by the enemy. To not fall into the lies of the devil. Everybody say lies. Say be gone. The enemy is seeking to destroy every single one of us every single day. And the phrase I hear a lot is people will say, when it becomes a Christian, when you become a Christian, it becomes harder. There's some truth to that. Because I believe the enemy is going to come after you even harder because you're trying to represent Jesus instead of him. Just He's already won some of these people over here. So he's going to work harder for you to trip up. We need to stand, everybody say, on the word of God. Oh, you were in sync. Good job. And only on the word of God. Remember, if somebody tries to tell you something different, don't be tricked into their belief or their lie. God has a far greater reward, reward waiting for you. And I'm going to say this again. I, I have seen so many big pastors, like mega pastors, fall lately. And it sucks. Because they start to believe like, oh, if I water down the gospel, I'll be able to drive in more people to the church. Uh Uh-uh. Don't do that. That is why I love Pastor Rich so much. He speaks truth. Here at Life Church, in real life youth, we are going to speak truth. 
Some of it might sting a little bit, but it's because Jesus loves you. It's because God wants to show his love through his people. So I want to encourage you that when you are reading the gospel, that when you are telling friends about the Bible, please don't water it down. I've seen too many people fall because of that. I know I went off on a little tangent there again, but we're going to have everybody bow their head, close their eyes. If you're writing on a rock, that's okay. Just keep writing and then pass. Pass the marker. And we're going to pray for two things. Um, the first thing we're going to pray for is uh, just basically lies, like de deceitfulness. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for this because sometimes it's like we don't know we're being deceived. We don't know. So I'm just going to pray for that in general as a whole. But if you're also in here and you've never given your life to God and you want to do that tonight, um, every head bowed, every eye closed, I can see if you're looking. Could you put your hand, hand in the air, please? It's so we know who we're praying for. <clears throat> if you haven't given your life to God and you want to do that or you want to recommit your life to Christ, can you put your hand in the air? Awesome. Thank you. All right. So we're going to pray for the second thing first. And just like we have been doing, uh, we're going to have you uh, pray out loud for this. Does that sound good? All right. Awesome. All right. Lord God, we come before you today. We give our life. I give my life to you. I know I'm not perfect, but make me whole in you. Through my struggles, through my weakness, I pray I look to you. I believe you sent your son to die on the cross, to give us new life, and to be made new. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave to defeat death so that we could be made new. So God, from this day forward, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's give a hand again for those who we do this every week because I think it's fun to celebrate. Oh, that's weak. Come on, let's give a hand. That's the best commitment. There you go. All right, so now I'm going to pray for, we're probably not going to have times for small groups. I do apologize, guys. But um, unless you want to break up when parents come in here, we can go into small groups too. You want to still do small groups? Huh? Yeah, I got that on there. Okay, all right, so we're going to pray real quick. I'll wrap this one up real fast so we can split up into uh, small groups. All right, Lord God, we just thank you for the loving God that you are. But God, we just pray that when people are trying to deceive us, when the enemy is trying to sneak into our minds to believe that these wrongful, sinful things we are doing are okay, we just pray in the name of Jesus that they will be gone. God, make us steadfast on your word. Make us stand firm on your word. So God, we just from this day forward want to be just continually, continually opening up to you to be able to see the truth in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for taking your time out to watch this podcast. I really hope it inspired you. Make sure you click that follow for future episodes and to follow us on our other social media platforms. You have a great rest of the day. God bless.